Joseph, fear not, for that which is conceived in me is of the Holy And you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from the sins. I know. Mary, God showed me. An angel came to me in my dream. Believe me. I believe you. Your child will need a father. I will declare him as my own. People, they will not look at you the same. They will not look at us the same. You are my wife. I am your husband. That is all anyone need know. For our Christmas series, we're taking a look at uh, three different visits that the angels, this is your visual aid for today, that the angel came and told Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds about the coming Messiah, which you just saw, as portrayed by a skunk, an owl. <laughs> I don't know if they had that back then, but that's um, a precious way to tell the story as well. So what did these angels, what did Gabriel always say? When he showed up to Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, he always started off with? What was it? Fear not. Fear not. We talked about last week that these were you know, warrior angels, and so you, you see this big intimidating thing coming at you. Not a naked uh, chubby baby in a diaper on a cloud playing a harp. That's not these type of angels. And so when they came to people just like us, they said, hey guys, it's okay, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I'm from God. I got to tell you this message. Fear not. Fear not. And uh, we need to do that in our lives. To fear not as well. Lots of different things to fear all the time. Open with me in your Bibles if you want or your Bible apps or the, uh, the blue Bible in the rack in front of you to Matthew chapter 1, about three-fourths of the way through your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are some uh, Gospels, uh, the uh, true account of the life of Jesus. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 today. And today we're going to see the angel appear to Joseph as we ask ourselves this question, how do I overcome the fear of what other people think about me? You ever wonder that? Do you ever have that fear in your life? We like to think, no, I don't worry about what other people think of me. I don't worry about my appearance or, or how people view me or they judge me. They can do what, judge me however they want. But, you know, it's, it's human nature in our heart, in our lives to seek the approval, whether consciously or subconsciously, of the people around us. What will they think of the car I drive? 
What will they think of the clothes I wear? Will they think I'm nice? Will they think I'm funny? Will they think I'm a hard worker? Will they think I'm a, a good a spouse, good husband, a good parent? Will they like my hairstyle? Will, me, will they view me as a, a good person? Am I funny? Or, or am I, do I just tell lame, corny jokes all the time? These are the thoughts that go through my head. I don't know about you. Uh, will, will they heart my, my post on social media? Will they like my selfie? Will they comment and say these certain things? A lot of our culture struggles with this question of what do people think about me? How will people view me? And we've got to get away from this fear of the approval of other people in the daily decisions that we make. And sometimes our decisions can be like Joseph's a bit. Um, he has this big decision that we'll see in Matthew 1. He's got to make this decision between doing what's easy and between doing what's right. And this is, this is our lives a lot of times. Will I do what's easy or will I do what's right? Will I take the quick path or will I take the hard way, the hard road that's more difficult, but that's really, really important to get right because this is the way that God has for me. So will I do what's quick or, or what's easy? Let's see what Joseph did in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, a lot of people wanted him to do certain things, but he ends up listening, as we should too, to what God wanted him to do. Different people in your life are going to want you to do different things and tell you to do different things. If it's your boss, that's a little different maybe, but there's all these expectations, fearing what other people think, and, and they want us to, to, to manipulate us sometimes. But we've got to ask the question before, what they want me to do, what does God want me to do? First and foremost, Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 18. Matthew 1, 18. Say amen if you're there. Amen. All right. We're all we're locked and loaded. Here we go. Matthew 1.18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quickly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord, as he saw in the video, appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid, or what? Fear not, right? Fear not uh, to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him what? You are to name him what? Jesus! Jesus! Woo, this is huge! Eternity changing, history altering, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You can pause right there. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down that pleasing God often means disappointing people. You can just take that worry away. Look, you're going to disappoint some people in your life. You're going to let people down when you don't do everything that they want you to do and live how they are, are wanting you to live. You're going to disappoint some people, but we got to follow God first and foremost. Some of your versions say that uh, Joseph sought to, uh, in his mind, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Divorce her quietly. And we're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh, they're engaged. They're not married. How can he divorce her? Back then... Uh, betrothal engagement was a little different. They had like a year-long uh, engagement period, betrothal period, where it was almost like pre-marriage. These people were committed together. When you got engaged, it wasn't just 
you know, will you marry me? Yeah, sure, whatever. If it works out, fine. If it doesn't, I'll just split and, you know, I'll get with somebody else. And our, our culture now is very uh, just whatever. But back then, this was like a seal. This was a bond. This was, I will marry you to the death. Even though we're betrothed, even though we're engaged, this is a, a lifelong marriage commitment. And so, when D Joseph's like, I'm going to leave her, well, it's considered divorce. The only way to get out of an engagement back then was either to die or be divorced. And divorce was very uh, shameful in that culture back then. If you were to die, though, uh, you were considered a widow. You're engaged and your, your fiancé dies, you would still be considered a widow. This is how big betrothal was in their uh, life back then. And you couldn't just leave, though. You couldn't just say, hey, you know, this girl looks cuter, this guy smells nicer, you know, I'm going to, I'll just take your ring, thank you, go to the pawn shop, and I'll get with over them. No, 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 that, that's not how this worked. This was a big deal. But I'm trying to, maybe we can do this a little bit this morning, try and get into the head of Mary and Joseph. And she is miraculously, a, she has a baby inside of her by the Holy Spirit, by God's power, inside of her, not been with any man. This, this part is important. That The virgin Mary, that he does not inherit the, the sin disease that we all inherit, but it's from God. He's holy. And so marriage, or Mary comes to Joseph in this committed betrothal, and she's like, Hey, Joey. Uh, honey bunches, how's it going? Yeah, I just uh, got some news uh, to tell. Are you sitting down? Maybe, maybe you want to sit down, honey. Baby doll. Uh, I'm pregnant. And uh, but, but before you react, before you get up and start throwing things to get mad, it, it, there's no guy involved. It was the Holy Spirit. Don't worry. I'm not cheating on you. It's a miracle from God. How would you react if you're Joseph? He didn't appreciate that very much, which is why he sought to divorce her quietly until the angel of the Lord told him that this truly is a miracle, that this is the Savior, the, the Messiah that's been prophesied to come. And if you factor God out, you know, just step outside, okay, he's not a follower of Yahweh, he's not a follower of God. What are the two options? She's lying to me, which, you know, this is the first and last time that this has ever happened in history. So either she's lying to me or she's crazy. She done lost her mind. But he didn't, after he was talking with this angel. Um, but, you know, fear of other people. Joseph's got to be thinking, what are other people going to say about us? This is shameful. This is disgraceful. What are people going to do? What are they going to think? And, and from Mary's perspective, she's already marked. You know, they got that scarlet letter A in that book. I forget what it's called. What's it called? <laughs> I was thinking to kill a mockingbird, but that makes more sense. The Scarlet Letter, thank you, that was very obvious. What's that book about war and peace called? I forget. Okay, yeah, war and peace. Yeah, the Scarlet Letter, she's marked. And, and she's pregnant outside of marriage. And, and this was punishable by death back then. Again, very different than our culture today. So Joseph, uh, he's associated with her, so he's now marked too. Marked with this shame, this guilt. I was going to ask that if any... A man got a woman pregnant during the betrothal period. Right? Yeah. Would that 
reflect on him as well. Well, and I was wondering, I was wondering this week too that, Nancy, how would it reflect on the guy? Sometimes the guy gets away, you know, go and sin no more, uh, but where's the guy involved in the adultery situation? Well, um, I wonder if, uh, if he divorced her or even not, if he would have trouble with business dealings. Maybe people just kind of kept their distance and I don't want your carpentry work, Joseph. Or uh, if he did divorce her, if he did leave her and kind of, uh, what's that Mulan movie? Anybody ever seen Mulan? You bring dishonor to our family, right? You have brought dishonor to our family. So uh, if he tried to marry somebody else, would the other father say, yeah, I don't want to give you my daughter here. You've got some shame and disgrace. You're publicly known. It's kind of humiliating. So there could have been repercussions for him as well, Nancy. It, I, I believe so. And so he's now damaged goods if he leaves her. And she's got this shame cloud hovering over her. What would you do? Would you stay with Mary and take the heat? Whatever people want to say about us, whatever people want to whisper. Did you hear about Mary and Joseph? Right? Whatever people want to say behind their backs and gossip or do, that's on them. But as for me, we're going to do what God tells us to. Would you take the heat? Or would you bail? Would you run? Would you abandon her and just, I'm getting out of here, the heck out of Dodge? Uh, I cannot be a part of this disgrace. So Joseph gets in his mind, he's going to divorce her quietly, uh, which sounds kind of mean, right? Oh, Joseph, you're going to divorce her, you're going to leave her. The quiet part is to avoid a public disgrace, a public shame here. Uh, to not stir up the crowds where they get mad and, and try to throw rocks until she's dead. So it was actually very loving, very caring, very honoring, very noble of him in a sort of strange way to us to do it quietly because then it wasn't putting her in the public spotlight with the scarlet A, so to speak, on her chest. But Joseph's about to learn one of the most important lessons that he learned in his life and that we can learn uh, for those who want to honor God that pleasing God often means disappointing people. <coughs> pleasing God can sometimes mean disappointing people. And the truth is, uh, if you want to obey God, there's going to be many other times in your life when people will not agree with you. They will not understand what you're doing. They will not get the calling that you have from God. Again, I'm not saying uh, sins like they don't agree with me when I murder people. No, that's not, that's not the deal. Put your axe away. We're not going to do that. Murder business. But they don't get what God has called me to do, which is in the scripture and uh, loving God and loving other people, but they don't, they don't understand. And so as, as Joseph's considering these pros and cons, and he's, he's thinking about it, you know, maybe making a list, what, if I leave Mary, if I stay with Mary, this is what's going to happen. This is what's gonna, should I divorce her? Should I stay? Should I take the heat? He counters an angel in his dream. Who says what? Fear not. Who says what? Fear not. Fear not. Joseph, he's concerned. What are these people going to say? What are these gonna, people going to do? What are they going to think of me? And fear not comes the angel. Take Mary to be your wife. Your son is holy. He's a miracle. His name is Jesus. He's going to save the world from their sins. Change eternity forever. And when he awakes, can you imagine the, the thoughts in his mind? Can you imagine uh, the emotions, the roller coaster that he's going through? Like the angel just told me this. And, and I know that for millennia, I've read the Old Testament, right? There's this prophecy of the Messiah is coming. The world was broken. The world fell into sin. But we've been looking forward for thousands of years to this Messiah. For this Messiah to come, to be born of a virgin. It's in Isaiah. It's throughout the old scriptures. How it's going to happen exactly. Looking forward to this. 
Uh, like our life is hinging on this moment. Uh, the greatest news in all of human history, but at the same time, what are people going to say about me? What's it going to cost me? This child will change the world, but, but how is it going to change my life? How, how difficult a road is this going to be for me? Should I do what people want me to do or, or what God wants me to do? That's a question that we can all face and we're all confronted to with opportunities in our life to obey God or just to follow what people uh, are trying to get us to do. The approval of men. Are we going to obey God or seek the approval of the people around us? Remember this. Uh, becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. This is at the bottom of your notes. But the opposite is also true that becoming obsessed with what God thinks about me, my calling, my life, in His hands, is the quickest way to forget what people think about me. Who cares what people think? Who cares what people say? I'm on a mission. Jesus has called me to this. Run your mouth as much as you want, but I got work to do for my Lord and my Savior. So while you f live your life hostage to the opinions of other people, a lot of us do from time to time, a lot of people in this world do, or will you live for an audience of one, will you seek to please the Lord above all else, no matter what people think or say or do to you, for you, or, or, or at you, or behind your back? For thousands of years they've killed Christians, today they're still murdering Christians around the world. We're not used to this. We live in America. We've got a lot of freedoms, more than other countries. We're going to talk about persecution next month or the month after with the Apostle Paul getting back in the book of Acts. But it happens today. Right now, people are dying for Jesus. Are they going to live for the approval of their captors, their torturers? No, fine. Oh, fine. Yeah, I, I confess, uh, I, I don't believe in Jesus. Save, don't cut off my head. Don't kill me. Or are they going to say, no matter what you can do to me, you can kill my body, but you can't kill my soul. That's what people have said throughout the millennia as they've been killed for the sake of Christ. No matter what people do or say or think of you, what are you going to do? No matter how hard you try, and you know this, don't you? You can't please everybody all the time. Do you ever feel that? you ever know that? Does your boss ever try to get you to not follow that and try to please them? All right. Uh, no matter what you do, no matter what you say in your life, some people are not going to be happy. It might be your mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, don't say amen. We don't need that. But uh, don't, it, it might be some of your family or your friends or, or your workers or your co-workers or your neighbors or your whoever. And you just can't please everybody all the time. We've got to focus on the approval of one. And, and that should be our life goal anyway. Some people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. If you do this or that or say this or that, they will cut you down. They will criticize you. They will critique you. They will say all the... Negative Nellies, right? Debbie Downers are just like, I can't get a, a leg up. It's just everything. Maybe you feel like this at your job or even in your house. Everything. I can't do anything right. I can't do anything right. Guess what? We don't live for the approval of men, but of God. That's what Paul says um, in, in Galatians, the book of Galatians. Um, Obviously, he says this, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Paul says, If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I love that. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be a servant of the Lord because I'd be trying to please everybody else. 
We got to live for an audience of one. The ultimate eternal judge, the savior of the world who alone can say, well done, good and faithful servant. These people, they're going to come and go in your life, but only Jesus has that eternal weight of glory, of the kingdom to come. That's on you. That's between you and him, not the people around you. Don't you want to hear from Jesus? You did a good job, kid. You did right. A lot of people tried to get you to do a lot of things. But you followed me no matter what. You brought glory to my name. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's living for the approval of God and not other people. Think of all the ways Mary and Joseph could have been criticized, right? Publicly disgraced. Hey, you know, that's not really Joe's baby. Ooh, did you hear? Go, Maury Povich, he's not the father. Okay. The test came back, he's not the father. They said it was the Holy Spirit, but I saw his donkey parked outside her apartment at 2 a.m. and they weren't doing Bible study, right? Gossip, slander, accusing people of things they didn't do. That happens all the time. Saying stuff about you that was not what you did, that was not what you said, that was not your motives, that was not your intentions. People can be so mean and cruel and assume the worst and sometimes we are those people just so you know it's not they're the problem but sometimes we are the problem I don't know how this will play out in your life I don't know who you got criticizing you and critiquing you I don't know if you sleep next to them or if you work for them or if they live next to you or wherever but we got different people in our life and we want to just read God's word follow his ways no matter what people do or say, this has got to be number one priority. And sometimes, yeah, we're going to read that book, God's holy word to us, uh, his best ways of living, and it's going to be culturally unpopular. People aren't going to like everything that we do because it's against what's uh, maybe their lifestyle. Maybe, maybe uh, you, you read this, this God's scriptures and you say, you know, I need a break from the party lifestyle. I can no longer hang out with uh, these Friends who are getting me to drink this or smoke this or do this or that with them. And they won't understand. They may not understand. Maybe uh, you want to honor God by staying sexually pure until you are married. And, and you want to follow God's weird ways of relationships in that. And people might not understand. And they might criticize you. And don't you want to have fun and do what feels good? And don't be an old fogey. And that's old school stuff. That's old tradition. Forget about that. What about uh, if you say, well, you know, we're, we're kind of in debt and I want to follow God's ways of doing my money. I want to uh, save some back and not just spend everything I make, but live on less so I can be financially free. And some people are going to go, you stupid, just money's for your enjoyment. Go have fun with your life. Don't, don't be a, a, a tightwad, right? People might make fun of you for the way that you spend. You're trying to be, get financially free and... People will criticize you and bring you down. Maybe maybe you have a higher paying job and you actually leave that job for a lower paying job. And people are like, are you dumb? What are you doing? Don't you want more money? Go get more money. And you're like, it's not always about the money. God is calling me to this career, this job to make an impact for these people. And I know it doesn't make sense to you, but it, between me and Jesus, this is the calling in my life. Maybe you stand up for Jesus in school or some of you in school or in college or, or for whatever reason you don't fit with the world around you and people are going to say stuff. 
Do you know what year we're living in? This is 2023. You're, you're living by this, this fairy tale book, this old, should be in a museum. That, this isn't real. This is just some you know, rules and regulations that are oppressive and people just want you to follow, to, to control you, you crazy, loser, religious freako. People say stuff. Or they think stuff about you, criticize you, whatever it is. But if you want to live a life where nobody criticizes you, uh, then I'll tell you what to do. Uh, do nothing, say nothing, uh, have nothing, be nothing. Right? But then they might put you down for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, you won't get off as lazy bomb, you know. Whatever you do, people will find a way. I don't know, it's sort of human nature. We, we tend to look down on others to, to bring ourselves up. But when you live weird for Jesus, I'm just going to tell you that the significant things God wants to do in your life will be, very likely be met with some resistance, some criticism. God wants to do powerful, great things through you just like Mary and Joseph. Not just like Mary and Joseph, that was a special circumstance. But very similar to Mary and Joseph, God wants to work through you. But people will mock you. They could attack you. Because we live in a sin-sick world and we're just kind of against other people sometimes in our, our natural state. and our, We have a spiritual enemy who wants to stop the kingdom work of God. He wants you to quit living the mission that God has called you to do because he wants chaos and, and fear and, and violence and evil to just reign. And he doesn't want you to do anything about it. To make gains for the glory of God and the good of other people around you. But who cares about the critics? Forget them. Forget them. You focus on God and Jesus and live for an audience of one. Then like Mary and Joseph, you will be ready. Don't you want to be ready for God to use you? He wants to use you. You're on a mission. You're not just, okay, I trust and believe in Jesus. Go down in the water, be baptized, and then I'm done. And I sit back and I just relax the rest of my life, do whatever I want to do. No. When you give your life to Jesus, there's work to be done. He gives us a mission. He gives us a calling. Every single one of us has work to do. We've been talking about all that this year through the book of Acts and what God is calling us to do in this world with the people around us. But I'll tell you what, right now, you can keep coming back in January. We'll start back up in Acts. Uh, I want to finish this, though, in Matthew chapter 1. Just one last verse for today. We're almost done, which if a preacher says almost done, it's 30 more minutes, you know, just... No, but we're almost done. Matthew chapter 1. I want to close with what is Joseph's decision? We kind of left him hanging. This angel comes. Fear not. Take Mary to be your wife. The son, your son, this, you're going to be stepped at, but he's the savior of the world. Stay with her. Raise him. Teach him. Be a good stepfather. Teach him carpentry and, and how to be a man and all this stuff. Don't leave. Matthew chapter 1. Look at verse 24. What does Joseph do? Is he going to please God? Is he going to please people? Matthew 1.24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Boom. Done. An angel said it. So, he, he might be a little afraid. I don't know how this angel appeared. I'd like to see that uh, one day in God's kingdom, how they really look. But an angel said, fear not. Do this thing. God is calling you to this. And he said, okay. Almost like Mary last week where she's like, I'm the servant. The Lord's servant. May it be.
to me, as you have said, he said, I'll do what the Lord commanded. Last thought, you can write this down. Extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience. It's kind of a mouthful. We talked about obedience last week, but this final thought, if you want to just kind of remember this. Extraordinary acts of God. You're like, this is, this is big, this is huge, right? I've got to do big stuff. No, no, no. Just start small. Simple, ordinary acts of obedience. The Savior was born to two teenage kids who, in one simple act of obedience, said yes to God. They said yes. We'll raise them. We'll take care of them. If I were Mary and Joseph, if you and I were Mary and Joseph, would you? what did the angel say? Some of you detail nerds. You got to know all the details. The, the angel said that you're going to have a baby. It's going to be a boy. It's going to be named Jesus. Name of Jesus. And he's going to save the world from the sins. Okay, but, but what about the rest of the details? Don't you want to know all these little things? No, that's all he said. But how are we going to raise him? How's he going to do it? How am I going to uh, discipline? Am I, am I going to do spanking or, or timeout? Is he going to spank me or put me in timeout? Because he's perfect. Like, I don't know. I want to know the details. Almost no details are given. Uh, all these, the ins and outs of how this is going to play out and work out. And you detail nerds are freaking out. And you're like, if that were me, I would want, you know, Lord, uh, can we get the angel back on the line? You know, uh, I'd like a little bit more information, please. Can I, can I, you send me an email with like a list of play-by-play details? And ha- No, they trusted. The Lord commanded. Joseph said yes. I'll do what the Lord commands last week. You can listen to that. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said. And then they figured things out from there, trusting in God every step of the way. We don't always completely understand. We don't have to completely understand what God is calling us to in our life. We don't have to understand to obey immediately. To obey, you don't got to get it all. All the details for years and years and years. But we just have to get the first uh, puzzle piece in place, right? You don't have to complete the the whole puzzle right that second, but just, just start with one puzzle piece and trust in God with the rest. Nancy, are you fearing or fearing not? Um, so did they officially get married then at this point where they said he took, him, took her home as his wife? Well, I think it, I don't know the exact timeline. It doesn't say on, you know, June 23rd, but after their betrothal period, they, I would imagine, continued doing on what they had planned, got married, did the whole thing, didn't listen to people so they probably and their ear. At the time that they had to go to the for the census. Because I think Luke says they're still betrothed. I can't remember. But... I'll look up a timeline for you, Nancy. No, I just, I just thought, in the yeah. Chosen, they show them getting married pretty quickly yeah. after this. Traditionally, it was a year-long uh, engagement betrothal period. Yeah. But they did it. Like a shotgun And they feared not. <laughs> shotgun wedding? <laughs> kind of. Kind of interesting how that all worked out. And, and, you know, just to put yourself in the shoes of Mary and Joseph is a pretty wild ride that they went through. But the angels said, fear not. They had a lot to fear in their lives, but they said, you know, I don't have to be afraid because I have God. I'll take Mary to be my wife. And you got it worked out, God. You got the rest. And Joseph didn't do what was easy. He didn't leave her. He didn't bail. He did what was right. What are you going to do in your life? Are you going to do what's easy? What everybody around you does, what the world does, you're going to be kind of weird for Jesus. You're going to live a little different, little counterculture. That's what God calls us to live. 
different than the norm because normal isn't working very well. Normal's kind of broken in our world. And if we live according to God's ways, we're going to be sticking out a little bit. It's going to be a little weird. Those Christians are kind of odd. Okay, I get it. That's fine. I'm wearing a Larry tie this morning. Okay, you're kind of weird. But do we have the heart of obedience to trust in God and say, I don't got it all figured out. For sure I don't. But I'm glad you do. And I'll just take the next step of faith. Just take the next step of obedience, what you call me to do. I'm just taking baby steps, Lord, and you got the path planned. But I will start walking that way that you've called me to. And I will trust in you to fulfill it. And he did. God brought about the, the most historic uh, prophecy, the, the biggest thing that has ever happened in the universe. He brought to fulfillment through Mary and Joseph. And, and I have no idea what your obedience to God will set in motion. But the lives that you'll change, but one simple act of obedience can change generations and legacies forever. Will you start today? Take that next step that God is calling you to take today. So we're going to sing our last song. And, and as we do, I just want to encourage us, challenge us as we go from here to be a little bit like Joseph. Doing what the Lord's called us to do, no matter what people do, no matter what people say to us. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you haven't given yourself fully to Him, like I, uh, you, I trust, I believe in you, I repent for my sins, what have you called me to do? That would be the first step of obedience. That would be the first step to take in your journey with Jesus is to give your life, surrender all that you are to the Savior, the Messiah who was born, but wasn't just born, he lived perfect life, he died perfect death on the cross in our place for our sins. And God raised him from the dead to eternal life. And he's coming back. I don't know if you know that part, the skunk told you earlier, but Jesus is coming back to set up his kingdom and you can be a part of that. You can have abundant life that starts today and goes on forever if you take that first step of obedience in the direction of what God is calling you to do like Mary and Joseph. Would you stand with us as we sing praises to our Savior?
Father, we thank you and praise you for the forgiveness that you do offer us through Jesus, the Messiah, born on that day about 2,000 years ago that gives us your power and your salvation that we don't have to fear the things of this world, the people around us, what uh, the evil that is to come, world wars or whatever. We trust in you. We hope in you for your joy and love and peace that goes beyond our circumstances, beyond our understanding. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for uh, dying in our place for our sins. And help us this week to remember that and to be free from our fears so we can live boldly and courageous for you. I pray that you would empower us as we go from this building to be your church in the world and to share the saving hopeful message that is so needed to be heard with everyone around us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.